thank goodness that week is over. And now, welcome to the Friday show here on the Culture Jacked Podcast. I'm your host, uh, Dustin. And today on the show, we're going to be headlining with some 90s nostalgia, or at least 90s nostalgia for me. Um, We're also going to be talking a little bit about uh, movie releases. We're going to be talking about some casting news for some Marvel uh, movies, talking a little bit more about uh, gaming systems, though not too terribly much. Uh, As you know, we did struggle and achieve finding a gaming system here recently to to take part in the next generation of gaming, Uh, but I haven't really got enough hands-on time with the thing to give you a, a good, solid review of the Xbox Series S. And so I'm going to wait. I'm going to hold off on that a little bit. And especially since there's not really any games out, I can't I can't give you a good, honest opinion just yet. So instead, we're going to be talking about a couple things. And I, I just said we're not going to be talking about games, but I realized that Anthony had a question for me on his Monday Madness show. So hopefully you guys tuned in on Monday uh, to listen to to Anthony talk there a little bit. He, uh, what did he talk about on Monday? Oh yes, on Monday he had a show about the Xbox Series X. It's fantastic transfer times, it's large load sizes, and he also talked a little bit about the Apple ecosystem. So if you find yourself like myself, look, I gotta, hold on. That's an old Culture Jack logo. Hmm, how about that? I've also uh, I've been an Apple boy for a long time. Um, that sounds like a, a very particular sexual kink, but it's it's not the case. I mean, maybe it is the case, but it's I guess not what I was intending on talking about here. So, <laughs> to get further off track than I already am, Anthony asked me on Monday even though he said he assumed he knew where I, I land on this, and, and he does, uh, so I don't know why I even bother, but he asked me if I preferred, especially for this next generation of gaming coming up, a digital library, or, because he did mention it in his show as well, that the transfer speeds and downloads and installation speeds are faster if you use a a game disc that you can buy at the store and then install on your Xbox or, or PlayStation in this case. Now myself, I think I've said it before on the show, but I, uh, at least this, the end of this last generation, middle, middle to end of this last generation of games, I decided to be a all digital boy. And there's a couple reasons that I decided to go the all digital route. I've lost games before. I've had them disappear and be removed. Uh, another handy thing is um, I can install the game on multiple consoles. And I, I believe you still need the disc to operate the game. And so if I were to want to play a game that my kids also wanted to play, but because we've got the game sharing thing set up, we've only got the one disc. I mean, that's uh, the, the only detriment that I, I can think of to the the digital-only route as I am taking, as I've said before, is the, um, the fact that I have completely bound myself to a Microsoft ecosystem, and I'm completely dependent upon this ecosystem staying alive. 
But if I were to play devil's advocate and give or offer a, a counter argument to that, I would also say that if you are using the disc version, you too are binding yourself to a service and that's the Xbox brand. So if the, the console goes away, then the disc is going to be useless as well. I mean, I guess it could be said that the console will forever run the disc, even if it's not online, but I don't even know about that anymore. I don't even know about that anymore. It is crazy business. Light is too, too bright in my eyes. Uh, so yeah, that's what I think, Anthony. I think you're making a mistake by, um, I think you're being a disc head, to be honest with you. You're being a real big disc head. <laughs> uh, after that, I have a couple of quick news stories for you. And the first one, as has become tradition here on the Friday show, is there's still no sign that Black Widow is going to be released on Disney+. Plus. However, this week, I do have some good news. It was just on Thursday, Wednesday, or Thursday? Probably Wednesday. It was announced by... Uh, Warner Brothers and Patty Jenkins and Gal Gadot that the Wonder Woman 1984 movie that is supposed to premiere in December is now uh, it's premiering in December still in select theaters, but also it is going to be free to those of us who have purchased a subscription to HBO Max. And so I think that's a wonderful thing. And it's only going to be free on HBO Max for a month and they're going to pull it off while it finishes its theatrical debut. It sets a wonderful precedent because, I mean, depending on how well it does, and I think it'll do well, but it sets a wonderful precedent in that Mulan was not a superhero movie. It was not a female-led superhero movie. I, it was a female-led movie, but it wasn't a very good movie, at least in my opinion. In this movie, if it, if the first movie was any indication, Wonder Woman 1984 is going to knock the knock the socks off of this video on demand format. Then it will prove that these types of movies can be successful at home. And then Disney and Marvel will say, "Well, if it can be successful at home on HBO Max, which has a much lower subscriber base than Disney Plus does," Well, then Black Widow is a no brainer. You're going to put it out on the service and even charge maybe a premium fee, maybe not a $30 fee anymore. If HBO Max is over here doing uh, a free release of a blockbuster movie, but maybe you charge 10 bucks. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. It's coming. It's coming. I'm going to guess. I'm going to hazard a guess. I'm still going to to beg for it at the beginning and end of every single Friday show that I do here on the Culture Jacked podcast. But I'm going to guess that Black Widow is released in, we'll say February, mid-February on Disney Plus for a price point of $15. That's my, my guess. That's my estimation. And now you and I will wait together for the next couple of months to see if I got close at all. Other news, uh, a new, <laughs> oh, I hate this so much, a new uh, Lilo and Stitch live action remake uh, from Disney Plus is uh, 
apparently on its way. And it said it was going to be directed. I, I, I missed the director, unfortunately. But it doesn't matter because Disney Plus is going to absolutely ruin. No. Yeah, it's going to it's going to ruin it. It's a live action remake to from Disney Plus or is it from Disney? Listen, if they're putting Lilo Stitch on Disney Plus, it's because they don't think it's a good enough movie. If they put Black Widow on Disney Plus, it means that they know it's going to make money for them on Disney Plus and be a major draw to their subscription service. A Lilo and Stitch movie is going to be absolute garbage. It's going to be a wreck because you and I both know that Disney absolutely hates the animal and alien characters in their live action remakes. They want to make it gritty and realistic and and stick to a folklore. That's not what we're here for, Disney. We are here to watch these outrageous, these hilarious, these animated animals and creatures in a Disney remake. So, a Lilo and Stitch movie could be good. If a Lilo and Stitch movie is created by current Disney, it won't be. So, my money is on it's not going to be good. Uh, Space Force has been renewed. You know, the, the Steve Carell joint there on Netflix been renewed for a second season. Um, what, what day is it? To, it's Friday today. So we get a new episode of The Mandalorian. If you've been keeping up with that, I'm not going to do any spoilers. Also, because I haven't seen the second and third episode of the second season. And part of that reason is my my son has showed some interest in it. And so... I'm going to allow him to catch up and watch the first season, and then he and I can watch the second season together. We'll have a bonding moment. Star Wars, I still haven't seen the original trilogy. That's a lie. I have. I said what the Star Wars rank and file order was in one of my previous episodes. Uh, Marvel has made a casting announcement. Mr. Jonathan Majors uh, from Lovecraft Country, which I still have not finished. Uh, He is going to be playing, drumroll please, He's going to be playing Kang the Conqueror, uh, and he's going to be playing Kang in the third Ant-Man movie. So a lot of a lot of people expected Kang to be at least uh, a supervillain in like a supervillain Avenger style movie in a team up movie or at the at the most the big bad like Thanos was for the first set of Marvel movies for the next few uh, Marvel movies. But um I don't know who is Kang Reed Richards son, I think from the future who comes back to, to dominate time. I'm going to have to do a little bit more research on Kang. So I know all about him before I see him in, I, I don't know, uh, 2026 or whenever Ant-Man comes out. If the, if the black widow delay is any, indic- Disney plus give us black widow, please. Jeez Louise. Um, did we even have any Marvel movies in 2020? I don't think we did because we were supposed to get Black Widow in March or May. And they were supposed to get the Eternals in December. Coronavirus, you done fucked us up. You, you took all of our Marvel movies away from us. How how dare you? In DC News, Sylvester Stallone has been cast in James Gunn's Suicide Squad movie. So if you remember from Guardians of the Galaxy 2... Sylvester Stallone played one of the uh, one of the one of the teams of Ravagers that Yondu got into a disagreement with, and then later they came back 
and they attended Yondu's uh, spoiler alert for Guardians of the Galaxy 2, his funeral in space. So if you haven't seen that, I apologize for for spoiling it for you just now. Um, it's it's funny because this podcast is fast becoming a, a bastion to lament the delay of Black Widow, for one, and for two, to champion the production uh, of the Suicide Squad movie and really anything uh, James James Gunn. I just started and finished watching a very wonderful show on Netflix called Auntie Donna's Big Ol' House of Fun. It's apparently an Australian sketch comedy group, and if you have not watched this show, please, please, for the love of Pete, watch Auntie Donna's. It is some of the funniest stuff that I have seen in a very long time. And they they sparse out awkward and terse moments with just gut-busting hilarity. So uh, check it out. It's three guys, and oftentimes the three guys will play all of the characters in the scene. So it'll be two guys, and then one of the guys disappears, and he comes back as someone else. Um, it's not for children. Please <laughs> make sure your children are not in the room, uh, but it's definitely for adults that like their like their funny bone tickled a little bit. HBO Max is finally putting their app the HBO Max app on Amazon Fire TV devices. So that's good for you Amazon Fire folks out there, but poor people like me who have a Roku, uh, HBO Max is still not on. So HBO Max, Warner Brothers, Warner Media, please get on that so we can be a part of the of the HBO Max family in, in true form. Uh, I also am still watching Doom Patrol which is a great show. I'd highly recommend it for anyone that, that wants to get like that DC vibe, but also really likes those kind of, uh, off brand characters. Uh, you know, people like that, like the guardians of the galaxy and the suicide squads and those sorts of things. Doom patrol is that, um, for this particular ragtag group of heroes. And it's got Brendan Fraser in it. So, um, which I, I talked a little bit about last week. <clears throat> Apparently, some PlayStation 5 owners are getting their PlayStation 5 games stuck in their PlayStation 4. Now, this is not a dig on PlayStation 5 because uh, I know that I have a history of being a little bit of a fan of the Xbox and not the PlayStation. I'm a big fan of the PlayStation, but I don't know if the PlayStation 5 discs are bigger than the PlayStation 4 discs. But some people, for whatever reason, are trying to put these uh, PS5 games in their old PlayStation 4. And so, just for those of you out there that might be confused, backwards compatibility means that you can play the old ones in the new ones, not the new ones in the old ones. Otherwise, why would anyone get the new ones? Um, PlayStation, PlayStation 5 does have a pretty neat little trick on uh, Resident Evil 3. Classic Resident Evil, when your character was suffering loss of health, they would they would flash green or they'd have a green bar. If they were at medium damage, they would have a red bar. And if they were at a high amount of damage or very low health, they would have a red bar. And so they've taken the little LED lights that are in the PlayStation 5 controller and they they made those lights turn that particular color for how how damaged, how injured your character is. And so I think 
I think anything that a game company does that they they do via design that declutters the HUD. So maybe you don't have a life bar on the HUD now, or maybe you don't have a compass, but for some through maybe vibration or through lighting on a controller or intuitive design on the screen in the game, you can take away some of that clutter. You can increase your immersion into the game. And I think that's great. And so uh, the DualSense is a really cool looking controller. They just don't make it for the Xbox. I am thinking about getting into Fallout 76 now that it's free on Game Pass. <laughs> for longtime listeners of the show, you'll remember that Anthony and I were very excited when uh, Fallout 76 was coming out and we, we got on board all of the hype train. We uh, watched all of the trailers. We dissected you know, what we thought the game was going to be about, what we wanted to see in the game, how much the Fallout franchise meant to us. And then maybe by a, a grace of a of a universal deity or some other thing, we decided to wait. We said, hold on, pump the brakes. And we did. And we're glad that we did because Fallout 76 was a uh, it was a huge bomb. They've since done many, many upgrades and they've had uh, many DLC drops. But Bethesda, you know, before it had been bought by Microsoft, and it's yet to be proven under Microsoft's uh, label, but they were making some real goofy, selfish, terrible decisions. And there was a, <clears throat> um, it was like a vinyl, a vinyl bag. No, it wasn't a vinyl bag. It was a, a cloth bag that had a, a Fallout Brotherhood of Steel helmet in it or something. And then when it was shipped... It came with a vinyl or a plastic bag and fans were like, where's my cloth bag? And so they were just like really scummy about the whole thing. So I'm glad that I waited, but I think I can get another Fallout 76 or Fallout experience in 76 uh, now that a lot of the bugs and a lot of the troubles and the dramas um, have been have been pushed out of the game. Uh, you guys probably heard about this already, but uh, a game uh, development studio, Ubisoft, Ubisoft Montreal, uh, there was a what the the news first reported as a hostage situation at their game studio, and a bunch of the employees they fled up to the roof, and they they barricaded the doors and everything else. Well, it turns out uh, it was actually a hoax. Someone had they'd actually like swatted the Ubisoft Montreal studio. I mean, which is terrible. And and there's there's been people that have been swatted in the past. For those of you unfamiliar with the term swatting, swatting is where you, um, let's see, how do I say this nicely? You are a, a piece of shit garbage human being who loses at a video game, in some cases, and gets really, really salty about being the pleb that you are. And so you... Find out the address, the IP address of the person that you're playing against and want to seek vengeance upon. And then you find out their home address and you say that there is a hostage situation at their house. So the SWAT team from their city will show up at their door, guns ablazing, kicking things down and making a real mess of things. And like I said, people have been hurt. People have been killed and charges have been filed against swatters in the past. So. Uh, swatting is a really, really dickhole thing to do. Please, please, um, I don't know, 
It's people's lives you're dealing with at that point. But it was resolved no one was hurt, and the company praised their employees for taking the correct actions in the event of, well, you know, this sort of thing. Were, were it to be real, they would have done done the right thing in that case. Uh, all right, the last bit of news that I have here today is in uh, technology news. <laughs> this might not be news. This might be really old because when it comes to these phones, I am, I am not, I'm, I keep up on news when it comes to Black Widow and Xboxes. But when it comes to telephones, I, I am not, I'm the, not the most on it and on the most hit. But I found the other day in a text message, I responded to a text message. So there was the, the message and you can respond and you're like, wow, you replied to a text message. Good, do- good job. Uh, no, you can actually, you can reply directly to individual messages within the tax, the tax. <laughs> so get this. Uh, hey, did you go pick up the groceries? And then they send another text without waiting for the answer. Hey, do you think my hair looks stupid? And then they send another text. Hey, where do you want to go eat for dinner on Thursday? You can go instead of saying yes. And they're like, what? My hair does look stupid. And you're like, no, yes, I picked up the groceries. Now you can actually go up to that text. The one that says, did you pick up the groceries? Click on it and reply directly to it. Just like you would any other comment thread in any popular social media. I think this is a a huge deal and a game changer for so many disagreements, so many miscommunications and so many failed uh, messages that have gone back and forth between maybe just me. Does that just happen to me? I don't think it does. I think it happens to more people than you're willing to admit, but I'm willing to admit it for you. Okay. That's all the news I have. Now I want to tell you a story as I, as I, as I draw your minds back to a, a time, shoot, 25, 25 years ago <laughs> or more. And to set the stage, I want to tell you a story that happened to me a couple summers ago. Uh, we were all riding bicycles over at my mother's house and my uh, kids were riding their bicycles around and, you know, they were, they'd figured out how to hit the brakes and do little skid marks. Yeah, it's cute kids. Real nice, real nice. I didn't have a bicycle, so I borrowed my mother's bicycle and I said, you guys want to see some cool stuff? Check this out. Now, being a 32 year old man, 33 year old man, maybe I didn't know the limitations that my body had set for me through these last few years, but I rode up the lane, I came screaming back down the driveway, I cranked on the handlebars, and I hit the, the rear brake. My uh, back tire made a beautiful crescent moon in, of a skid mark. Like This thing was glorious. These kids had no idea the amount of majesty contained in their father's, their father's bike, handling, bike handling skills. I said, oh, you think that was cool? They applauded. They were blown away that they had a BMX stunt rider in their in their view. I said, you think that's cool? Check this out. So my parents, they have a ramp on their stairs so they can haul wood for their wood fireplace up and down their up and down their stairs in a wagon. So I rode up the ramp onto the deck. 
The kids were amazed. I rode down the ramp back into the driveway. They were they were blown away. They were flabbergasted. They never seen anything like it. Now, each small stunt that I've done in this story has ballooned my ego a little bit more and a little bit more until I'm thinking maybe I am evil Knievel. Maybe I am this BMX stunt rider that these kids think that I am in, in their mind. I said, you guys think that was cool. Check this out. So I rode down the lane. They were all standing in the, the, the head of the driveway next to the house. Some alder, alder bushes in between, uh, obscuring their vision of me. I came cruising back down the lane. Now, this particular trick, let me, let me remind you listeners at home, you need a good deal of speed to pull this off because once you let off those pedals, you won't have any more, any more juice to give the bike to power it. And as I'm cruising down the driveway, I set my two feet on the middle riding bar of the bicycle as if I'm surfing the bike, my hands still on the handlebars because <laughs> mama didn't raise no fool. But in fact, she did because the front wheel started wobbling as I'm surfing on this bicycle and I went, you know, ass over tea kettle over the handlebars uh, onto the ground. I was wearing a helmet, fortunately. Everyone came over. Are you okay? Are you okay? Please leave me alone. I need a moment to gather myself, I said, uh, or at least I thought I said. I mumbled under my breath as the wind was knocked out of me. The rest of the night was kind of a blur. I missed several parts of the night. I came to next to the fire. I was eating some Doritos. I came to again. We were in the living room watching a television show. I came to again. I was laying in the bed with the kids watching a cartoon. I missed a lot of that night. I was maybe a little concussed. But I realized, and now you realize from that story, I am not the 14, 15-year-old teenage boy that I once was. And I say that to say that that was the end, 14, 15, of the 90s. And I just started thinking about, you know, what my house looked like in the 90s. What were some devices that I, that I enjoyed, that I used, uh, tools that I used, toys that I played with, shows that I watched. And so I wanted to, to figure out how I could take this nostalgia that I have and maybe inspire some nostalgia within you. I, I don't know. Maybe you'll just think I had a, a strange house, but I think many of the things were indicative of the, of the things that people had in their homes back in the nineties. So as I go through this list, keep an open mind and Try and think of those items that maybe are adjacent to the things that I'm going to talk about or that I'm completely missing that were maybe an integral part of your 90s experience. Okay, so getting into the house, you had a a VHS player uh, for the young folks listening to the show that have only gotten their movies off of the Internet or a a thumb drive or a, a portable hard drive a VHS player is a large cassette tape goes in this tape deck and reads the tape uh, onto the onto the TV Uh, some people had fancy VHS players they had two tape deck slots you know you could you could you put in a movie on one side and you could record the movie on the other side 
Now this is this is like torrents back in the nineties. Like this is this is some shit that you know if you you'd go in for hard time. Believe me, if you got caught recording a VHS tape with another VHS tape, or you could use that other tape deck to rewind VHS tapes. Yeah, that's right. When you got to the end of a movie using a VHS tape, you would have to rewind it back to the beginning or else you wouldn't be able to watch it from the start of the show or rewind it um, to, to the part that you wanted to see. It's a bizarre concept. Now we can just scan and slide and filter uh, to whatever part of whatever show or movie we want to watch. It's <laughs> it funny because we had a VHS player and we'd rented a movie called Casper the Friendly Ghost. It was a live action version of a cartoon show that had existed for a long time before that. So my other brother, he really enjoyed Casper. And he was playing this movie, but he kept rewinding it to this part that made it. And he was laughing hysterically. This ghost was making farting noises or something. But he must have rewinded it 12, re- rewinded it, rewound it 12 or 13 times before the VHS player said, I have, I've had enough. I'm not rewinding this anymore. I'm not playing this anymore. I will not eject this cassette tape. Uh, so that was a pretty funny VHS moment that I that I had. Uh, video games. If you did, if you were one of those families fortunate enough to have video games in your house, they only worked on Channel Three. And my brother reminded me, if you were one of those families, like you didn't, you had a little tiny TV to play your video games on with you and your siblings. But there were certain occasions. Mom and dad would let you take your video games and they'd let you hook it up to the big TV in the living room. Now, I'm talking gigantic TV. Uh, and this thing was as wide as it was, as it was tall, as it was long, as it was deep. <laughs> I'm talking, I'm talking 30, 32 inches of premium color television. You knew it was a good day when your parents let you play. Uh, shoot, what was the game that we played? Spider-Man on the, uh, on the big TV in the living room. Um, uh, my parents, they did have a CD player, cassette player combo. Uh, so they were one of the first to get one of the, I don't know if they were one of the first, they were one of the first in our neighborhood, I guess, or in our house. No one else had it in our house. I had a little boom box, had a CD player on it and it had a cassette in it. And I remember recording music off the radio. So that was cool. You know, when you record some, uh, Presidents of the United States of America moving to the country and eat me a lot of a lot of peaches. My wife brought up uh, electric can openers when I was asking her about this. She said electric can openers were a staple of uh, the 1990s. And I can't say that I disagree because we had one, but I, I can't think of anyone in my immediate circles that have an electric can opener now. I mean, maybe they do. But I think most people have kind of the, um, you know, just the manual one, the analog one, the pull out, you know, you got the, and then you squeeze and then you, you spin, which I found out I was doing the wrong way for my sister-in-law. But that is a story uh, for another day, for another, another time. In our house too, we had a plug-in intercom, uh, intercom system. <laughs> my, my brothers and I, when we... <clears throat> I'm getting PTSD right now because I just thought of where we had these things. We had them in our rooms, but our rooms were in the basement. 
our parents had one upstairs so we wouldn't have to come up and ask for a glass of water like kids often do to to delay bedtime we could call and say can we get a glass of water and they could tell us no over an intercom system rather than in person <clears throat> but i remember that we we lived in the basement and there was a monster in the basement who never got us obviously we're still around we're still kicking unless one of us is possessed probably you uh, my dear brother but we lived in the basement and you had to turn the lights out in the basement before the stairs you couldn't you couldn't go to the stairs and then turn the lights out so you had to turn the lights out travel through the dark and then up these uh my my dad thought us uh, american gladiators and so a very steep set of stairs and I remember it reaching with its black tentacles after us on the stairs. Ooh, give me the give me the chills. I defeat that I, I that monster. You know, when I go over to my uh, parents' house now, it doesn't stand a chance. I'm an adult. I, I'll murderize the thing if it shows its ugly face. Anyway, uh, floppy disks were a big thing back in the '90s. Uh, remember having your having to turn in your homework on a floppy disk or bringing a floppy disk to class, but then also having to bring a hard copy just in case, you know, your floppy disk didn't read or what. And I was so happy to have my own personal digital file. I remember I could put all of my, all of my stories on this thing, my private thoughts. I could, man, what I couldn't do with this floppy disk, but I looked it up and the average standard floppy disk was about 1.4 megabytes of data that you could store on the thing. And that's insane to think because now you could get um, a basic USB flash drive or you could get an SD memory card and you could store up to like 256 gigabytes of data on like an SD card. That's insane. That's insanity to me. You could fit whole movies, whole series on just little tiny pieces of plastic. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what I was so eager to store before. I guess just my personal personal stories. Uh, as an aside, I've just been informed, uh, well, I was informed yesterday uh, about the revamped Hawaiian Punch mascot. Now, I want you to think about what you know about the Hawaiian Punch mascot. You got him? You got him in your head? Little guy riding a surfboard, got the little horns. Okay. If you want to keep that nostalgia pure and undiluted, do not look up Hawaiian Punch mascot on Google um, because your, your nostalgia will be promptly put down big time. It will be molested in a way that you were not ready for. Some of the toys that we played with in the 90s uh, include the Tamagotchi. Got to keep a little digital animal alive. We had little digital animals that were called Furbies. So those of you that lived through the time of the Furby know it was a time of great trial and tribulation. But the Furby was a it's like a little fluffy puppet thing that talked maybe it moved as well it might have had little wheels on it but I can't recall it had um you could record things and it would repeat them and I remember there was a big issue with them for a moment back there when 
they they said we can't have these on military bases because they're going to record all of our secret government information. So that's pretty interesting. When I was looking at online stuff for this episode, I found a Bucky O'Hare, a Bucky O'Hare toy. I don't know if there's probably going to be many people that are familiar with the Bucky O'Hare character, but this toy reminded me that there was a cartoon and that we were big fans of, but my buddy Tom was a huge fan of Bucky O'Hare. He really loved it. Uh, it was like a like a Star Wars knockoff, but it, it featured a bunch of animals instead of, you know, human-type characters. We also had all kinds of uh, action figures, uh, G.I. Joes, Z-Bots, Hot Wheels. <laughs> yes, Anthony, I do consider Hot Wheels to be action figures. Get over yourself. I do consider Hot Wheels and Micro Machines to be action figures, or at least they were when we played with them because uh, we would drive them through our Lego creations. Legos is another thing, man. We played with so many Legos, but, you know, Legos have been made cleaner and easier to clean up with, with games like Fortnite and Minecraft and other digital building games. And maybe that is why Minecraft has such an allure. You you get to create whatever you want. You get to make your own you get to make your own world. And you don't have to step on them and I don't want to contribute to that meme because I think that meme is ridiculous. If you're gonna be a uh, a weenie, just get out of my house. Because I have Legos all over the damn thing. I have Legos from the from the entryway all the way to the bathroom, all the way to your bedroom, all in the kitchen. I'm nothing but Lego. I, 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 I didn't do hardwood flooring. I did Lego flooring. Take that. Only, only cowards need stay out of my house. Or only the brave need enter, I guess, is another way to look at it. Um, Beanie Babies were big. My aunt, she, she collected them. She loved them. And it was funny to watch like the, the Beanie Baby fandom skyrocket and then just drop into nothingness. And I I was listening to someone talking about being a collector of things and and having collections and how you would know if something was worth money. And one of the, the golden rules is if someone sells a collector's edition or a collector's piece, just by virtue of it having a collector in the title means that it's probably not going to be worth a bunch of money in the future to be a collector of something that truly has a value in the future. You just gotta, you gotta pick it up on a, on a weird whim. It's most likely a niche thing that not a lot of people have gotten behind, but some years into the future has somehow made it into the hearts and minds of people and thus, Achieved a collector status. Yeah, interesting. My brother, he mentioned Stretch Armstrong. Uh, A big focal point of my childhood up into my early teenage years and a big draw to my friends over at my house. I, I I don't think that they came over to see me, but they wanted to jump on our trampoline. And it was, I mean, this is a trampoline back in the 90s this was this didn't have any nets there was no side rails to it no mats i mean this was springs and a uh and and a 
I guess it was a mat in the middle, the bouncy mat in the middle, uh, a bouncy woven mat and uh, hellfire and brimstone. Like this was a no joke. This is a trampoline. Uh, <clears throat> I remember there were several times that we would move the trampoline to the edge of the deck and we would be doing uh, flips and tricks and stuff off of the deck onto the trampoline. And then much to my mother's dismay, we were doing them from the trampoline back onto the deck. We felt like ninjas. It was super cool. Even after my father built a handrail across the deck. Yeah, we didn't have a handrail on the deck. But even after he built that, we were doing flips and tricks over the handrail. And we'd bring out all the mattresses and blankets and stuff to make a soft landing pad. So we could do our rolls onto the deck and things like that. Oh, man. Not for the faint of heart, to be sure. And if my kids did that, I'd have a heart attack because it's it seems very, very risky now. But when we were young, it was very, very cool. Um, we lived on that thing. We lived on that. We had campouts on that trampoline. I remember having a bunch of friends over. We had like seven kids sleeping on a trampoline in beanbags. And the first one up was the best one to be up because they were able to just jump on the trampoline and wake everyone else up. So that I mean, that's nice for them. Not for me, because I was never the first one up, so. <laughs> Let's see some other stuff here. Uh, creepy call crawlers. You'd make little rubberized bugs. Uh, Dr. Dreadful Food Lab was another toy that you made, like, these sour. There were, like, fizzy candies, and there was, like, sour gummy candies and all kinds of stuff. Beyond toys, though, in into the house, uh, you know, many things that now are cord Lists were corded back then. Uh, headphones, uh, not to brag, but I sell myself personally. I have some Jabra Elite uh, wireless headphones. They're Bluetooth headphones right now. They're amazing, but I didn't. We didn't have headphones that weren't wired back then. I did have a really cool pair that like went over the years, and then instead of having the instead of having the wires come out of the headphones, they came out of the back piece. And so that was kind of cool. It was kind of cleaned it up a little bit. Uh, car adapters for music. And this might have been an early 2000s thing because I wasn't driving. Yeah, I probably wasn't driving until I. it was beyond Y2K. Um, but attaching your Discman to the car with the cassette adapter. And then later, later on, there were radio adapters. Uh, house phones. Uh, you know, the thing about house phones is, is there were like a bunch of novelty versions of house phones. There were like people had clear house phones. They had Mickey Mouse house phones. And with the house phone came the answering machine, which not everybody had right away. Caller ID. Uh, and when the Internet first made its debut, like back in 94, 95, or at least to most people. I, I mean, I do live in Alaska. Maybe it, that's way far behind, but when it did, I remember sharing that dial up internet with the phone. So there were several times arguments would happen in the house where be like, Hey man, are you on the internet? I need to make a call and you have to shut down the internet and make a call or vice versa. Uh, you get the busy signal. If you picked up the phone and someone was on the internet, uh, that noise, that dial-up noise for the internet. Oh, my. Oh, my. Do you remember the first thing that you used the internet for? Was it a research paper for school? Because I remember the first thing we used it for was uh, cheat codes for um, 
for our, our video games, Twisted Metal is one of the first ones that I remember looking up cheat codes for. And my brother told me that he looked up the first thing was a, uh, a recipe for borax slime. <laughs> for those of you that know my brother, you'll know that is a perfectly appropriate thing for him to look up. Watches. Watches have gone backwards. They, they now require charging cords, so they're not, not uh, cordless anymore, but they were back then. So that's kind of a reverse though. Watches today uh, do have a lot of technology in them though. Counterpoint again, uh, Casio watches had a calculator. And so that's pretty cool. I mean, they, they watches of today have calculators and so do phones. Um, but that was big tech back then, man. That was, that was hacker man, hacker man city video game controllers used to be wired. And if your your pals wanted to hook up four controllers for maybe a rousing game of Mario Kart, you'd have to hook up an adapter. And I can't I can't recall the game exactly, but I do remember once there was a case that we had to hook up a second adapter. And so it gave us eight controller ports total. Did I have that many friends? Good Lord. Maybe I'm making that up. Maybe that's not real. What about the game genie? The game shark? And, and I, I understand that as I'm going through this nostalgia, most of it is pretty centric to the thing that I'm interested that we talk about on the show, like the nerd culture stuff. But if you have things in your 90s experience, I mean, we were rode everywhere on bicycles. That's not not too nerdy. I remember we went to uh, a bunch of gravel pits all the time and would ride down the big hills and off the jumps and stuff. That was a lot of fun. Uh, vacuums. I put vacuums in my in my script, in my list here, because I guess I was thinking about Roombas at the time and they don't have, they don't have cords and they do all the work themselves. They don't even have people when you vacuum. So, you know, and I guess I don't have a Roomba currently. I have a corded vacuum. So look at me stuck in a a bygone age uh, in the past. I still live in the nineties. Apparently, uh, (laughs) Oh my God, I live in the nineties with all of the knowledge uh, and experience that the last 20 years have afforded. Is this, is this my first podcast? Oh my God. Is this the first podcast? I need to start YouTube. I need to write baby shark. Do, 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 do. Oh man. This is a real, uh, Back to the future moment, guys. Sorry, this is the first and last podcast because I'm going to make a bunch of money with the innovations of the last 20 years. There's a bunch of 90s shows that I was thinking about while I was writing this. I, you, you can lampoon me all you'd like, but I was a big fan of Allie McBeal, Callista Flockhart. <laughs> There's a show, Dinosaurs. <laughs> the X-Files, of course, was big. A couple PBS shows. Uh, Wishbone, a little Jack Russell Terrier who solved mysteries and reenacted uh, famous characters throughout history. Ghost Rider, where a group of kids got some extra help solving mysteries from a ghost who would write things. Not Rider, Writer with a T. And then take a look. It's in a book. Reading Rainbow. Good shows, man. Good, good memories. Xena uh, and Hercules were very popular shows back then, and I don't know. They were so they were so corny, but I loved them as a kid. 
And I just found out that Briscoe County Jr. is on Amazon. So you guys, if you enjoyed Briscoe County Jr., you can go watch it on Amazon. And I would highly recommend it, though some of the the writing might not be as tolerated today. It's, it's still a pretty good show. And I forgot that Briscoe County had, it had a very weird supernatural element to it. I thought it was just a, a cowboy show, but it's like a cowboy, um, I don't know, cowboy, like supernatural, mystical, technological kind of elements to it. So really good. Uh, I've watched the first episode again and I was not disappointed. I am going to watch more of that as well. Walker, Texas Ranger was one that was always on. I think they're doing a reboot of that, actually, but I don't have much information on it. So if you're a Walker, Texas Ranger fan, it's coming back. Dr. Quinn, Medicine Woman, the Power Rangers. My brother and I all had to accept a Power Rangers identity while we watched the show. Which Ranger are you? Which Ranger are you? And I remember, of course, I was the leader, the Red Ranger. And uh, I think Logan was Green Ranger. And Ross was Blue Ranger. I think, And that's the original Power Rangers. I know there have been 20 iterations of Power Rangers since then. I'm talking about the original OG Power Rangers. Uh, ER was big. George Clooney got a big start on ER. Did he? I don't know. I don't know much about George Clooney history or, or lore. I guess I'm talking out of my ass when I'm talking about George Clooney. But <laughs> then who isn't? Home Improvement. Captain Planet. Captain Planet, he's the hero, gonna take pollution down to zero. <laughs> uh, that's definitely some um, some propaganda of the green movements, right? Uh, the Simpsons were big, although we weren't allowed to watch them all the time. Uh, DuckTales, Darkwing Duck, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Highlander, there can only be one. There's a show called Galaxy Rangers that we watched. I looked up the... Uh, A lot of these cartoons, Galaxy Rangers to be included, it's so obvious a ploy by these companies, by Hasbro and their their friends to make a mint off of off of kids watching these shows. Because I guarantee you, if you look up Galaxy Rangers on YouTube and just watch the opening animation sequence. That's a toy. 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 Those are toys. These are toys. That's a toy. That's a toy. That's a toy. All of it, easily marketable, easily manufactured, and easily sold in bulk. So it's nice to know that nothing has changed today for the children of today. There's a lot of cartoons that were good back then. X-Men, we've talked about it on the podcast before, but other Saturday morning cartoons. And when you got up on Saturday, you had to pour yourself a big bowl of cereal. Something that is lost to that era is prizes in the cereal. Bring them back. Bring them back, General Mills. You can do it. You can do it. And we'd all be so grateful for it. At least this child of the 90s would be. Uh, Another show that was on and, you know, uh, that really needs to make a comeback. I guess it has in, in some ways was American Gladiator. That was a fun show to watch. And I just watched an episode of Ultimate Tag, which is a new show in kind of the same vein it's given me some real gladiator vibes but there's been of course countless iterations and variations on that premise you know the beast ninja warrior floor is lava but none of them i think hold a candle to the original 
I think they should bring it back. I, I think they've tried to bring it back before, but they need to bring it back and make it successful and make it a standard part of Americana again. I, I think, and like I have said in the podcast before, we try very hard to stay apolitical in this podcast, to, to not be too aggressively, but I think we can all agree that there is quite a divided nation out there today. And I think one thing that could stitch back America into a united nation is American Gladiator. Make it, now there's a big wig out there, so there's plenty of muscle-bound folks, there's plenty of super agile folks, and I know with the technology, the set design, the special effects, the graphics card, the promotion, the marketing, all of that could make for an exceptional American Gladiator return. There's a lot of shows um, that uh, also held a special place in my heart, though maybe I didn't watch them. I, I just want to give an honorable mention to shows like Murder, She Wrote, Matlock, Touched by an Angel. <laughs> Again, not all shows that I enjoyed necessarily, but shows that I remember distinctly being played on our TV at some point. That's it. That's my list. That's my 90s household Hopefully it stirred up some kind of emotion in you, some kind of nostalgia for some things. And if you have your own story, please, please get it to us. Send it to us. Um, if there were things that I missed, I, I really want to hear about them. But that is it for our show today. Oh, thank you for taking this walk down memory lane with me. When will Black Widow be released on Disney Plus? And please stay tuned after this wonderful weekend you are about to have for the Monday Madness Show with Anthony. And if you would be so kind, please leave us a review on whatever streaming platform or service that you are listening to this podcast on right now. Go leave us a comment on our Facebook page, on our Twitter account, or send us an email at culture.collective.com x2 at gmail.com those are the ways you can contact us we'd love to hear from you and if you have a question for anthony or for myself that is so thought-provoking that we can make an entire episode out of it we will happily feature you and your question on culture jacked but for now i'm dustin this was the friday show i hope you have a wonderful weekend